Okay, guys, you can have a seat. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's nice to see you again. It's been forever. Thank you for braving the elements. I'm so glad to see you survive the polar vortex. You know what? Maybe some of your peers didn't. We're <laughs> Thanks. We're kind of small tonight. Um, okay, so the last time we met, does anybody remember what we talked about? Allie talked. There was a statement she said, and she said, it's not about... Good job. That's the series we're in. It's not about you. And Allie talked about how we have insecurities because we focus on um, what we maybe feel like we're not good at as opposed to what God says about us. And so we're going to continue on this idea of how we manage our self-centeredness. Um, in case you don't know me, my name's Nikki, and I get to work at Orchard, and I love to hang out with you guys, so that's awesome. Um, some other things you should know about me. I have four kiddos, and they're pretty great. I have a super handsome husband. Um, I'm married up. I'm lucky. That's not true. You're all supposed to say, that's not true. Um, I have a 15-year-old dog. This is Curtis. I took that picture last night. Uh, Curtis is blind and deaf and has a big lump growing on his butt. To get him to go outside, now we have to bang on the ground. So, yeah, but he's great. And then we have a new family member, and this is Hedgie, the hedgehog. Yeah, he's really great, too. He did bite me really bad this week. Um, another thing you should know about me is that as a little kid, I was super dramatic and um, really self-centered. Anyone who can rock this outfit confidently, <laughs> seriously, is self-absorbed. Um, that was my dance uniform for something. It's ridiculous. My mom tried to make me wear that as my swimming suit that summer. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? Okay, so um, I was so dramatic and so self-centered that my parents made a song for me. It only had two words, me and I. And um, my mom would, when I would be like throwing a big pity party, she would start singing it to Beethoven's Fifth. That song, me, 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 I. She would sing that to me when I'd start having a pity party. Yeah, it was horrible. Bradley, that was amazing. Give Bradley a round of applause. Two words, me, 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 I. And then my dad would join in and my uh, brother would mock me. It was horrible because, my goodness, how dare they make a joke out of my feelings. I was super selfish, made it all about me, which is pretty natural because, honestly, most of us are self-centered. I see it in my kids. Just recently, in one of the many days you haven't had school recently, I had a meeting at my house, and I said to my kids, okay, you guys have to be quiet and good during this because I have stuff I need to get done, so I want you to pick a movie that you all like. And I handed the remote to one kid. And that one kid picked the movie that they wanted and proceeded to try to convince the other ones of why they should do that. And we can kind of like laugh because it's cute and funny when little kids are self-centered. But it's not quite so funny when it's me who's self-centered. Um, there are times that I'm just like my kids, only you kind of have to like multiply the guilt because I'm a grown-up and a mom and I'm supposed to know better than that. And in the last couple weeks, to be honest, I've been super preoccupied with thoughts about myself which God's super funny like that. Uh, I have to give a talk about self-centeredness, and for three weeks, God just kind of showed me how self-centered I am. So let me tell you about it. Why I tell this story, why don't we hand out Bibles to get that over with? So if you need a Bible, raise your hand. These nice gentlemen will hand it to you. Good job. 
Um, okay, so here's what my last few weeks have been like. So I'm talking about the week prior to the polar vortex, okay? So it started off Monday, I'm in a meeting with like 20 other people around this huge table and I get a phone call from the school that I have a puking child, okay? So I have to leave the meeting, go get my puking kid, take them home, lots of puking followed, and then the next day, second kid is puking. So from Monday to Thursday, puking kids. And although at this point in my life, I'm super good at cleaning up vomit, I can tell you about that later if you need techniques, um, it was really hard for me, and it was hard um, probably for both me and my husband because we had to change our schedule every day to see who could stay home with the kids. And I'm kind of a control freak, so it's hard for me to change my schedule. Um, but we got them all healthy, got them heading back to school on Friday, and you guys got on a school early. So here I thought there was going to be a normal day, and then I had to go and get kids, which is fine. It's great to spend time with them. And then the next week was the horrible freezing cold. Like, weren't we actually colder than Antarctica, I heard? Right? That's ridiculous. So you didn't go to school, I think, one day that week, and our furnace went out. That's super cool, right? Hedgy, the hedgehog, he can't, his body temperature can't get below 70 or he dies. So that happened. So we have space heaters everywhere. He didn't die, just to clarify. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, our washing machine froze, so we couldn't do laundry. I'm still catching up on that. So just to kind of paint the picture of what's going on in our house, we have kids home for two weeks, so there's toys everywhere, blankets because we're cold, space heaters, like the fire marshal would not have liked our house last week. Um, so it was a pretty crappy week, to say the least, and then there were some, like, uh, emotionally draining things. I had a friend who disappointed me, and I took it super personally. And then I had another friend who was struggling a lot, and I really wanted to be able to help this person, but wasn't able to do so. So between pukers and everything breaking, schedules changing, I was grumpy, to be honest. So I decided I needed to do something to make myself feel better. Um, did you hear all the eyes in there? So I love scary movies, and the movie Glass came out like two weeks ago. So on Tuesday night when it came out, do you guys know what movie I'm talking about? Yeah, M. Night Shyamalama, whatever his name is. So, and I couldn't find anyone to go with me. No one would go with me on Tuesday. And so then I had a huge pity party and was saying to myself, people only want me for what I can give them. No one actually wants to hang out with me. I'm a grown-up, and I'm throwing a fit like this in my head. Eventually, my husband went with me, so that was super nice of him. Um, but the story that I was telling myself was super negative, and I was bitter. I was insecure, and I wasn't fun to be around. I was picking fights at my house. I was grumpy. I'm not making eye contact with my family right now because I'll be like, yes. And this is really pathetic. Like, these are not hard problems, right? Lots of people deal with way worse stuff. Lots of you guys have harder things. Parents getting divorced. Um, people you love are sick. Some of you are dealing with deaths. What I had was not a huge deal, but it was annoying. And I think more often than not, it's those little annoyances, those hard things where we get stuck. And I was so stuck. I was so self-absorbed. I mean, probably you can relate. You guys have been let down by people. You have teammates who don't try as hard as you want them to. Your parents disappoint you. Friends blow you off. Someone you trust betrays you. And when we focus on ourselves like this, and we're so negative, it negatively impacts so many areas of our lives. It impacts our relationships, um, our self-esteem, our faith, and it honestly just sucks all the fun right out of life. So I'm going to tell you another story about something that happened last week. Um, it was a morning, and I don't know if you guys understand what it's like to get four kids under the age of 10 out of the door by 
It's like of Satan. So there's eight snow boots, eight mittens, four hats, four coats, four snow pants. Then you have lunches, snacks, library. It's ridiculous. I'm a little grumpy most mornings. So this morning was not like any other. I was, come on, we gotta hurry, we're gonna be late, stressing everybody out. And little Miss Olive, who is my super independent four-year-old, um, she's amazing. She gets her shoes on by herself, zips her coat up, super, like, super independent. Well, I could tell she was struggling. So I watched her for a little bit, and she was struggling, and you all have had this happen, where you put your coat on, but your sweater is, yep, you know, getting stuck. So she was ticked. So I got down on my hands and knees, like right at her eye level, and I said, hey, Liv, take your coat off, and I showed her the trick. You know what I mean? This one? So she did that, and you, like her mind was blown, right? And it was so sweet. So I'm keeping mine, I'm kneeling down by her, and she grabbed my face, and she said, thank you so much, Mommy. You're such a good Mommy. And I thought, I'm not a good mom. I'm a jerk. <laughs> I'm grumpy. I'm selfish. But it was in that exact moment that I realized, like, I was on a line. It wrecked me. That was the starting point of me realizing that the problem with my week was my perspective. Makes me want to cry. Jeez. So there are hard things happening. There always will be. Um, but my selfishness was the problem. And so as sweet and perfect as little Olive was, that can't be our answer. Do you remember last week Allie talked about how we can't rely on other people to make us feel better about ourselves? That'll let us down every time. And so it started to get me out of my funk, but it wasn't the entire answer. We can fix, like, this preoccupation that we have with ourselves. And we do that by focusing on who God is. Our identity or our perspective fixes itself when we fix our eyes on Jesus. So we're going to look at this scripture. It's Hebrews 12. Um, I'm not going to be super effective at this, I don't think. Do you see how far the Bible is? Almost towards the end. Grab your Bible, get to Hebrews, okay? It's after, like, Timothy. What else is it after? Um, it's right before James. Way back at the back. Did you find it? So we're going to look at Hebrews 12, okay? Like, give me a yell or something when you found it. Or a whistle, that'll work too. Good job, wow. Okay, so this is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and not lose heart. Awesome passage, lots of words, let's be honest. We're going to break it down a little bit. So um, if you have a pen, uh, you can totally underline what stands out, but let's go through it sentence by sentence. First thing it says is we are surrounded meaning we're not going through this race alone. We don't have to do our life alone. We're surrounded by people who are trying to do the same thing as us. And then it says throw off. So we're going to throw off all the like, baggage that we have, all the insecurities, all the brokenness, the self-centeredness, and then we're going to run with perseverance. So we're going to do it despite the fact that it's hard. We're going to go after this life that's ahead of us. And what do we look at? What's our focus? What's our goal? It says, fix your eyes on, let's try it again. It says, fix your eyes on, oh, good job. You should underline that. That's pretty important. 
And it says he's the pioneer and perfecter. And what that means is he's the one who started the race and he's the one who finished it. So that's God, I mean, that's super comforting. That God goes before us and he's gonna be with us the whole time and he already knows the end. He knows it completely. And then it says, for the joy set before him. Think about what that means. It goes on and it describes that he was happy to rescue us. That he endured the cross, conquered death, evil tried to destroy him, tried to destroy his rescue plan and it didn't happen. And now he sits at the right hand of God in heaven. Have you ever thought about this? Dave Bartlett spoke at church a few weeks ago and talked about like how, think about Jesus as a man. He was the most powerful, right? Unlimited power. And what did he do with his power? He humbled himself. And he humbled himself and he hung on a cross and he suffered and he paid the price for something he didn't do. And because of that, he was lifted up to the highest place. And so if you can keep this in mind, if you can keep in mind what he did for you, a sinner, that's how we keep going. That's how we keep our perspective. So we get a new perspective by fixing our eyes on Jesus. So there are so many components, like attributes of God, that we could talk about. We could talk about that for like four, five, six, ten, twenty years. So tonight we're just going to pick one thing to focus on about God. Say, so we're going to turn to James. This is super convenient, and I didn't even mean to do this, and I didn't notice it until like three seconds before I got up here. James is the next page. Is that crazy? Mind blown. Super convenient. Okay, so just look at the next page, James 1.17, and it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. I love what it says. It says, Every good gift is from God. You know what I know about God? Is that he is good. And he is a good dad who loves to give us good things. So back to the story about Olive and what she did. That was a good thing. God knew just what I needed, and it was Olive's sweet little encouragement. And it reminded me that I had lost focus and needed to get back to like some daily things to keep my heart right. When we fix our eyes on Jesus and we remember and we know that he is good, then we see good things and we see beautiful things around us even on the hardest days or the most boring days. If we fix our eyes on him and train ourselves to see the good that comes from him and then we thank him, when we do that, you guys, we can, no matter what circumstances we're in, we can rise above them. Okay, so this is really tricky. I don't know if you guys can handle this. It's a two-step process. Are you up for the challenge tonight? You think so? Okay, ready? Step one, see the good. Can you handle that? Step two, say it with me. Say thanks to the giver. Super hard, right? I actually, do you know it's actually proven that when we're thankful, when we like have gratitudes, um, it totally changes us mentally and physically, makes us way more healthy. So I'm a counselor, so I have read studies, and in the last 10 years, they've done like actual scientific studies on gratitude. And there was this one done at Berkeley, and what they did was they had um, people do brain scans before and after a gratitude exercise. 
So like just an exercise where they expressed gratitude, what they were thankful for. And these neurologists looked at the brain scans not knowing what happened. And they said that these people, these brains, meaning the ones who had given thanks, were statistically significantly healthier. That was hard to say. I'm proud of myself. And guess how long they were statistically significantly healthier? Who said that? It's because I told him that earlier. Yes, it's three months. You guys, thank you. Wrap your head around the fact that, like, it didn't just change their brains for three minutes or three days. It made them healthier for three months. Is that insane? It's like almost like we're meant to give thanks because we actually are. If we could do this and share this with others, if we could notice good things and tell God thank you and then tell other people, then maybe their perspectives would change. And it takes a little bit of practice because we're kind of prone to like turn into ourselves and think about ourselves. But if you stick with it, it will change your life because you take the focus off your pain and you put it on God who can actually heal your pain. So do it. This is what I'm actually challenging you to do. It's not hard. Make a list of things you're thankful for. Take time in your day to notice good things and and beautiful things and then say thank you to God for that. If we did this and shared this with other people, you guys, I don't even think we would have to argue to get people to follow Jesus. I think people would want to follow Jesus. I get super excited about this because it's so easy. And I'll be honest, after realizing what a hot mess I was, I've been doing this, and it's incredible the amount of things that you have to be thankful for. Okay, I am going to pray for us, and then we are going to worship. Um, Bow your heads with me, please. Um, God, thank you for all the good things you give us. We honestly don't pay attention a lot of the time, and I'm sorry about that. But we want to, and we want to see the big, amazing things that you do for us. We want to notice the little things that you do for us. Um, God, so give us eyes to see. Give us um, the desire to want to pay attention, God. And give us just patience and stillness enough to actually remember to say thank you, because that's what you made us to do. Um, So thank you for being good and giving us good things. And we love you. Amen.